You're now listening to Project Kayfabe. Big meaty man slapping me. (laughs) The most unprofessional professional wrestling and pop culture podcast. Let's rock. Where you listen to our shitty little opinions and you kind of enjoy them. That's Cap. Totally Cap. That means lie. This ain't your mommy's podcast. And here is your host, the one, the only, Joe. Yo, what is up, people? They're supposed to be horns. I'm lazy. That's kind of a lot of the reason why this Project Kayfabe isn't as consistent or a lot of things I want to do. It's because I'm lazy when it comes to this. Got a lot going on, but what is up? Project Kayfabe here. I just uh, been a little bit. Last episode came out July 8th, and now it's July 31st. It's about to be the 1st of August. We are in uh, it's Sunday. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. And if you could tell, if you couldn't tell already, but probably, I mean, I talk a lot, so it doesn't matter. I'm on my own for this one because I wanted to do a wrestling episode. I could have reached out to Quad A, but I was like, eh, fuck it. This is a last-minute thing that I'm doing anyway. But uh, I haven't also done an episode on my own in a while, and I said, eh, why not? Let's see if I can still do what I can do, or if not, maybe I'm just going to ruin it and just talk too much and blah, blah, blah. But uh, today's Sunday, July 31st. We're doing an episode. I'm doing a wrestling episode for two reasons. One, I want to talk about this really cool show I went to. It was the first show ever for Garden State Pro Wrestling. I want to talk about that. And um, there's something that kind of got me to want to do this episode, and it's called Ric Flair's Last Match. Talk about that in a second, but oh boy. So if you're here in this episode, it is already Monday, August 1st, probably, or it's the day has passed, and uh, I wanted to release this one. I got an unreleased episode I have to edit between uh, Finn and I, and we actually reviewed the entire season three of The Boys. We did a tier list ranking style of it. Hopefully it's entertaining. I got to edit that up and put that on the pod. So if it's Monday or after Monday, August 1st, and you're hearing this episode on Wednesday, we should have the episode between Finn and I. We're talking about The Boys. And then hopefully we'll be consistent, you know, we always say it, but I'm pretty bad at it. But eventually we'll have another one between Quade and I, we'll figure out what we're talking about. Uh, Finn and I will have another episode and we'll be reviewing Thor. I think we still want to do that. Maybe we'll talk about something else. I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll get award-winning listener Billy. Billy Finn. That's his, uh, that's his bro. That's Finn's bro. Uh, met him for, you know, actually hung out with him for the first time. It was a great time hanging with you, Billy. And uh, we'll hopefully get you on the pod at some point. I feel like this would uh, would be a cool moment to have you on here. Especially a cool moment for Brian, (laughs) a.k.a. Finn. It's so weird trying to talk to people in that situation. It's like, I call him by his last name. Uh, You you fucking get it. Either which way, excuse me. But uh, yeah, let's talk about some fucking wrestling and let's get into it. Uh, I, I'm debating what do I want to talk about first, but I think let's get the bad out of the way and we'll start and we'll start off bad because man, this is this is kind of why I wanted to do this episode. I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a rant. Today was just moments ago was Ric Flair's last match, and everyone fucking knows what was considered to be his quote-unquote last match was uh, when Ric Flair's took on Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24. 
that one that was such a good time man that was one of that was the perfect way to end rick flair's wrestling career i mean that guy that match is probably one of my favorite matches that i've ever seen it was such a good one and Shawn michaels and rick flair they had great chemistry they just they fucking did what they had to do and then of course rick flair he actually went to tna he went to tna not too long afterwards after retiring um, I'm trying to forget when was the exact exact first date. I could kind of pull that up, but I can at least look. So after Ric Flair retired in WWE in 2008, he actually had his next match. Oh, it wasn't even in TNA, but this would then lead to him to go to TNA. His next match was against Hogan when Hogan was doing his little pay-per-views tour. Like he had his own show, and I think it happened a lot around mostly Australia. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm seeing here. So he actually had one, two, three, four matches against Hulk Hogan in 2009, November 2009, and Hogan won each one of those. One of those matches were a no disqualification match. So yeah, there was four of them, and he won all of them. And then that was all in 2009, and I want to say either in then 2009 or I guess early, yeah, probably timeline early. Uh, 2010 is when Ric Flair joins TNA, and he had a few matches in TNA, quite a few. Um, and like the first match he had was Abyss and Hulk Hogan, and they take on AJ Styles and Ric Flair. Uh, look, for the most part, Ric Flair lost almost all these matches that he ended up doing in TNA. Um, his last, excuse me, his last match in TNA, his final match for what everyone thought would be the rest of his career until now, was against Sting. This was a regular Impact episode. Sting beats Ric Flair in a 14-minute match, almost 15, on September 12, 2011. So, you know, Ric Flair is one of the goats, man. Everyone knows that Ric Flair had one of the craziest wrestling careers. He did so well. He has the record for most world title reigns that WWE recognizes and uh you know even with what happened last year with the scandal going on of him getting canceled because of that dark side of the ring episode where it's like Ric Flair wait a second you, you you're just bringing out your, your Johnson in the middle of a flight and getting people to touch that was fucked up man he was canceled for a bit I mean it just it was it was a sad moment for one of the greatest wrestlers out there and he didn't take it too kindly, man. And then on Twitter, man, he was just having beef with Becky. He was just saying the worst shit out there. He was just he was too full of himself. And the man is 70-something years old. And, like, it was just sad to see a legend fall from fucking grace for such a long time. The man was just looking looking bad. And, you know, Ric Flair, for the longest time, I didn't even know if he could come back from this. I know, like... For example, like, it felt awkward at wrestling shows afterwards, because I went to quite a few after all that went down. When, you know, everyone knows that when, when you get a chop, when you see a chop happen, you go, woo! It was weird to fucking go, woo, after all that, man, because, like, we can't be condoning what everything Ric Flair did, and it kind of felt like that. Ric Flair is 73 years old, man, born 1949, February 25th. And um, that was a little rough because this man was looking senile on Twitter. It was fucking, it was fucking weird, man. And um, 
I like to say, I've been saying this a couple of times, we're kind of like in a wrestling renaissance as of the last couple of years, especially since fans were able to get into venues now uh, in a quote-unquote post big bulk of the pandemic world, whatever we want to even describe that as. I feel like wrestling has been doing very well. It's been getting very popular. Like just yeah, just last night was SummerSlam, and there were three to four bars I could have brought my friends and I to, to go see SummerSlam at, which is just crazy to think that there are bars that are willing to show big pay-per-views or premium live events is what they're calling them now in WWE. But it's so cool that that is an option now. And I feel like wrestling is getting popular again. It would be sick if it could get to, like, you know, Attitude Era popular where everyone was, like, a wrestling fan, it felt like, or everyone knew about wrestling. But um, I like to say we're in a wrestling renaissance, but today might have been one of the darkest, saddest times in this renaissance of professional wrestling because Ric Flair decided to have his last match you know call it a cash grab call it like a desperate attempt of staying relevant because that's the thing i mean before all this shit went down with rick flair last year and it's fucking awful man rick flair is a piece of shit for what he did and i mean he just fucking stood his fucking ground tommy dreamer got himself in trouble we talked about it on the pod we have an episode between quad a and i where we talk about all this shit um but where, where am I getting at with this? Just the fact that he's trying to keep himself relevant. And if it wasn't for all this shit that, was, that happened to him last year, who knows if this would have happened. But Ric Flair was uh, doing pretty well at staying relevant because he is well-liked, well-known. Like, fucking Miko's got a song about him. There's fucking clothing brands just talking about him. He's talked about in the rap game. He is fucking big. Ric Flair is a big fucking name in professional wrestling that was able to transcend into other, other parts of pop culture. And this man, like, you know, I, I, I don't want to say, like, is he in desperate need of money? Because obviously he has Charlotte. Charlotte is fucking doing great in the WWE. She's on a break right now. He has his son-in-law, Andrade. So there's that. Um, if, I, if I looked at this correctly, I did not know that Conrad Thompson is married to one of the Flair children. I did not know that, or is that what I got? I, I'm not too sure. I was very confused. Maybe I'm confused right now. But Conrad Thompson has some relation to Ric Flair. I, they mentioned this during the show. This is why I was like, whoa, huh, interesting. Uh, is he, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, Megan Flair is his, uh, Megan Flair. There you go. That's, uh, that's his wife. That's Conrad Thompson's wife. And yeah, married since 2018. So he is kind of married into the Flair family. And uh, today was Ric Flair's last match. So they had a, an entire card built on on this whole thing. Um, let's see. Let me pull out the card right now. I should have done this. I'm unprepared, but I'm sorry, people. This was a very last-minute thing. Um, oh, they even had a pre-show. So this is through, like, combination of, like, Crockett, uh, like, uh, Crockett pro uh, production, you know, Jimmy Crockett, all that stuff. So they had, like, New Japan Lions on there. They had, like, some of the New Japan guys on the card. They had a, uh, Bunkhouse Battle Royal where a lot of the GCW guys came through. You had Bully Ray. You got a whole lot of bunch of people there. Um, but Mance Warner, gotta love Mance, he took home the cha uh, the championship, he took home the W on that one, you had people like Blake Christian there, Ricky Shane Page, Jordan Oliver, Bully Ray, 
almost all of them got eliminated by Billy Ray. Very interesting. Um, so you had that a part of there. You had some messages from people like Sting, Jim Ross, Cody Rhodes. You know, Mick Foley spoke on the mic because Mick Foley was in the crowd. Undertaker and Michelle McCool were in the crowd. Of course, Ric Flair's family were there. And you had a few matches. So we had a match between Killer Cross, Davy Boy Smith Jr., um, Killer Cross took home the W. Let me preference this that I did not watch any of this until Ric Flair came out. I was sleeping, and then I'm like, wait, I do want to see Ric Flair's last match just to see if it's what I think it's going to be. Um, and what's crazy about this card is there, there was like people from pretty much every big promotion, every r- relevant promotion, a part of this card. You had WWE with Jeff Jarrett. You know, he just was literally refereeing for SummerSlam and has a big role in the WWE now. And he was just here doing a match against Ric Flair. We had people from AEW. We had people from MLW, New Japan, GCW, you name it if it's relevant enough. They were on this card, which is really cool, but I didn't watch any of it. I will probably try and catch a replay of some of this if any of this was worth watching, but there was a lot of good names on here. So Killer Cross beat Davy Boy Smith Jr. Jonathan Gresham, who uh, I kind of want to talk about at some point with Quad A, but Jonathan Gresham's having a hard time. I mean, this dude basically asked for his release from ROH slash AEW. We'll, we'll get about that. But uh, he took on and defeated Alan Angels, Nick Wayne, and Takeshita. Uh... That's pretty cool. We had a legacy match between Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson, who are representing the Four Horsemen, and they took on Ricky Morton and Kerry Morton. Uh, so that's pretty cool that they went on against the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, yeah, if, uh, if I'm not wrong, yeah, Rock and Roll Express. We had AAA represented. Phoenix took on Bandito, Laredo Kid, and and, Ta- and Tauros. Um, the bull guy. Tom Hattifer, Tom Phillips was on commentary for that. Oh, yeah, Josh Alexander took on Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu's a fucking menace, and so is Josh Alexander. Tremendous wrestlers. That ends in a no contest. I do not see why that ended in a no contest. Interesting. Um, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, I did see Diamond Dallas Page came out in that match and, uh, gave a diamond cutter to Matt Cardona because Matt Cardona was out there, too. First time ever, the Briscoes go against the Von Erics, and these are the current day Von Erics. I, uh, let's see, does it say their names on this one? It does not say their names on this one, but we do have, uh, some, you know, the legacy of, like, the Von Erics being continued in, what, their grandsons? Uh, we had an impact match for the Knockouts Championship. Jordan Grace defeats Deanna Peraza and Rachel Erling. Uh, I probably butchered that. And then, okay. So now we can talk about it. It is the final match. And it is the last match between Ric Flair and Ric Flair. And, you know, it was very interesting when this was announced. When this was first announced that Ric Flair was having this whole, you know, last match. People were like, who the hell is he going to wrestle? What is this going to be like? Is this going to be like... You know, for all intents and purposes, this could have been a great cinematography, cinema match, if this is something I wanted to do. But he wanted to do it, of course, in a crowd, and, like, man, he wanted to do it his own way, and he sure fucking did. Um, Ric Flair has his last match, and he decides to tag team with his his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, versus Jay Lethal, known... Uh, known Ric Flair impersonator. It's funny because, you know, I always used to think, like, Jay Lethal was cool. I'll never forget the moments he had with Ric Flair just impersonating him, had a match with him, all that stuff. Um, until I found out about, uh, you know, Jay Lethal trying to, you know, hold down women wrestlers because they don't want to sleep with him. 
Excuse me. Um, yeah, man, that just that's just fucking you know. Another another fucked up thing. Um, and he Jay Lethal tag teams with Double J, Jeff Jarrett, which is pretty fucking cool, man. I mean, Jeff Jarrett, you know, used to I forget exactly the extent of what his stuff would be with Flair if this was something in the past. I just really am not educated enough on that part of Jeff Jarrett. I love Jeff Jarrett. Slap nut fucking brew. But uh, not familiar enough of all that to, you know, understand the flair stuff besides the fact I knew he'd do the figure four. And he definitely would, you know, keep in contact with Nature Boy, I'd imagine. Um, So that was a tag team match. They did have a little video vignette build up to this, like, that came out a little over a week ago or something where, you know, basically (laughs) you see fucking Ric Flair fucking bleeding his ass off after getting jumped by Jeff Jarrett and possibly Jay Lethal. Oh, man. So, I, I tuned into this the moment, like, you know, the, they're standing off in the ring. It's Jeff Jarrett, Ric Flair. And Ric Flair, he's wearing a short a shirt over his normal look because, of course, you know, he's an old man. He's 73 years old. He did come out wearing a robe, which is nice. And he came out with the big gold belt, the OG big gold belt from the Crockett days. And he was wearing that. And, you know, it looked cool. You know, this is this is what he did. I don't know how many people were in attendance, but you know, it there were people there and they were hyped. I mean, they were there for Ric Flair's last match. And I remember just, you know, when I first heard of this, I was like, Oh god, this this can't be good, you know, like this can't be well. I'm a lot of people are just choking and worrying the entire time. Mostly probably more joking than worrying, like, yo, is Ric Flair going to die in this ring? Because he is 73 years old, and he was like, you know, there was photos of him, like, putting on his boots, for example, like, a week or two ago. And he was looked like he was struggling just putting on his boots. I mean, he's 73 years old, put his body through so much stuff. I remember, um, I think it was, like, I was watching the 30 for 30 special that ESPN did on Ric Flair. I never knew Ric Flair was, like, in a really horrible accident and he went through crazy, like, you know, crazy transformation because of this. And this is what then led him to wrestling. Um, it was a plane accident, if I remember. It was in a plane crash, kind of. Um, not kind of. I think that was the thing. Anywho, man, Ric Flair's last match. They, uh, I'm not going to really break it down in terms of, like, everything that went on. I mean, come on now. But, like, Ric Flair, you could tell the man is slow because he's 73 years old. And Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Andrade got to do the bulk of everything. And, you know, from little, you know, takedowns to the chops i mean it all you could see like it, it was it was really slow for flair because he's 73 and it was just hard to watch man like man the reason why i did i'm talking about this now and i decided fuck it i'll do it on my own just to have some content out on the pod but also because i feel I, I feel very adamant that i am very sad and you know i feel bad i feel bad after watching this because man I thought Ric Flair was legitimately going to die in this ring. And, you know, fucking knock on wood. I hope the man's okay. All, you know, even if he did some fucking fucked up shit, and I'm sorry to the people that he did that, you know, the women had to deal with this, like, fucked up. Like, you know, it would be sad to fucking see if Ric Flair fucking not only died in the ring or if you hear in a day or two from now he he passes away, God forbid, but, like, Dude, like, that was fucking sad. That was so sad. This man's struggling. He looks senile. I mean, I want, like, he's missing his cues that they're trying, like, all three of these men beside, like, you know, the three men in the match that aren't Flair, you know, Jeff Jarrett, Lethal, and Andrade, like, 
they're trying to carry this man as much as they can, you know, try and get him what he needs to do, and he's struggling. I mean, at one point he blades, which was so unnecessary, but, you know, everyone, Flair, when he started blading, that gold hair went to nice, like, orange, bloody orange. It was pretty cool back in the day, but now it's just, like, sad. There was one moment that I, I thought, like, this might have been the end. This was one of the first of many moments I thought this might have been the end. But Ric Flair is out on, uh, is it Jay Lethal? I think it's Jay Lethal. He is chopping this man, and he is outside of the ring in front of his wife right now, in front of his kids, his family, in front of The Undertaker, Bret Hart, and Mick Foley. He is getting chops, and what then looks like he goes, ugh. Oh, and he's grabbing his chest. I'm like, is he selling the chop or is he legitimately having a heart attack? It did not look good. And it was, it was after that moment, I think it all continued to, it was already going downhill for the most part, but it was really going downhill. And like, there were like moments the man could barely even stand up. He had to do some of these spots on the ground, like on his knees. They were trying his best. Like, at one point, uh, Jeff Jarrett is on the outside of the ring. He tags in Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal got hit by, I think, something from Andrade. And he's just selling it, passed out on the ground, on the, on the mat. And Ric Flair gets tagged in. And, you know, Andrade literally has to, like, as Ric Flair is down on the, cor- on the ring apron, like, literally pa- his whole body's laid out on the ring apron. Andrade reaches over, tags him. And Ric Flair just crawls, crawls his ass to, you know, pin Jay Lethal. And it wasn't, I don't even know if it was supposed to be a type of spot like that, but it wasn't like, it was rough. And I'm also pretty fucking sure, fucking, fucking, I'm pretty fucking sure they had to, like, chime in the crowd. Because, like, I obviously don't know how many people were there. There was a good amount, but not, like, a giant crowd. And, like, they're here, like, doing, like, the, you know, the hype-up, build-up spot that the fans do when they're clapping to try and get their guy to, you know, or woman to get ready and get, you know, pumped up in the match and get them to do a comeback. But I'm like, yo, it didn't even look like any of these people were fucking moving. Like, I feel like for at least the at-home audience, they had to chime in and, like, add some fucking crowd noise because... Man, this was like, I I almost wanted to turn it off. I was really hoping they were going to call the match at one point, because unless I'm just getting worked, brother, but, like, it felt wrong to watch a lot of this. Ric Flair looked sick. He looked like he was on death's bed. And, like, I'm a part of this Discord. I'm not even going to get into further details about it. I'm not even going to mention the person's name. They probably don't even listen here. But they're out here, and, like, I, I'm, we're all we're kind of semi-mentioning stuff in the group of, like, oh, what's happening and all that. And I'm like, dude, this is sad, man. This is, like, you know, fucked up to watch. And you got this one guy. He's like, oh, it should have been a casket match. Uh, what else? Uh... It just might have took two like like two weeks off his life. Like you know, the jokes getting into it were funny at first. Like leading up to this match, I'm like, oh, Ric Flair might be on fucking you know, he might die of this match. Well, but it was kind of funny to joke about it. But after seeing this shit, nah, man, that shit was not funny anymore. That was like, I'm like, I want to tell this dude to fuck off because I'm like, dude, like, sure, I know it's all fun and games and all that, but like. Dude, like, it, it's very uncomfortable to see a man almost die in the fucking ring and then have someone on the Discord, like, just being like, oh, oh, here's another one. This is one where I, I, I literally commented, bruh, 
and I was almost going to tag him and be like, dude, can you just shut the fuck up? He goes, uh, we, because Undertaker was there, Undertaker, like, after Ric Flair and Jay Lee, uh, and, and Ric Flair and Andrade, they won the match, uh, Ric Flair goes out to the crowd, thanks his family, you know, thanks Brett, thanks Undertaker, Undertaker kind of looks at him like, yo, like, you good? This guy in the fucking Discord goes, yo, we might have two dead men in the building. And that's where I'm like, bro. And he's like, should have been a casket match. I want to be like, dude, shut your bitch ass up. I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. This guy randomly joined the Discord. I don't know if he's a 10-year-old. I don't know if he's like a 40-year-old with no friends and no pussy. But my lord, that was something. Uh, take it how you want. If you're listening and you got a problem, I'm sorry, my guy. But that was inappropriate after a while. Um... And, man, like, it's all fun and games. Maybe I'm just getting worked, and maybe this did what it was supposed to do, but I I thought we were about to see a man die in this ring tonight. And, like, there's some, some small jokes going on on Twitter, but, like, I really can't, like, I'm not amused by it all. I'm just, I'm more concerned, like, are we going to hear a news report soon of, like, Ric Flair, like, in the hospital because he's suffered a mini stroke after all this? Like, Ric Flair... Went to put on the... He wins his match, of course, by the figure four, like, lock. He puts Jeff Jarrett in it. And if you look at this... Uh, actually, he didn't even win by tap out. He didn't win by tap out. Ric Flair um, puts in the figure four leg lock on Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett's legs... I mean legs. Uh, shoulders are on the mat. So, obviously, Mike Kyoto, the referee, long, living legend Mike Kyoto, goes for the pin... But technically not to be a fucking marker or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Ric Flair's fucking shoulders were on the mat, too. And I bring that up to say, Ric Flair couldn't even support himself to do a figure four. They had to just fucking pin uh, off the figure four. And this man's shoulders were down, too. So, of course, technically, uh, it's a double loss. Like, this is a draw. But, man, I... Ric Flair, like I said, I, I was trying to figure out how to tweet about this to put it out on Twitter. I wanted to say something like, dude, like, well, all the shit Ric Flair is like, you know, after all the problematic shit from last year and all his tweets and all that, at the end of the day, it's like Ric Flair is still the GOAT, you know. Ric Flair is still one of the greatest wrestlers out there. He had such a crazy legacy that he's had and created and continues. But this, this man, it's like, I can't see how anyone can spin zone this to say this was good, man. I, I can't, like, I know Jim, I might sound like a fucking Mark. I might sound like fucking Jim Cornette. I would love to hear what other people are going to say. But there's no one out there who can justify and said this was good. You can't. You literally can't justify and tell me this was a good match. This was done well. I thought a man was going to die in the ring tonight, and I am, I do not feel well, which is why it's like I wanted to put my words out there, and sure, who gives a fuck what I have to say, but my lord, if anyone's ever thinking about watching this match, please don't, just don't, I hope this match one day gets fucking burned, like, never to be found again, but I kind of want to find a way to have a permanent copy of this, just so it could be like, Man, just never never be like this, man. This is why, like, some wrestlers have to know when to fucking quit. Ric Flair never knew when to quit, and when he had the chance to quit, when he was done. WrestleMania 24 again, Shawn Michaels, the perfect ending. Went to TNA, had that shit with Hogan. Here we are now. He's 73 years old, and this was embarrassing to watch. And 
I got my Ric Flair merch. I got at least two shirts of Ric Flair. I don't wear them nowadays just because they're a little tighter than they should be. And also, it's it's still weird to, you know, promote Ric Flair after all the shit that went down last year and him being a fucking old man on Twitter. But, man, that was very sad to fucking watch. That was sad. That was sad. You know, a lot of people were talking about The Wrestler, which is the Mickey Rourke film, The Wrestler. Amazing film. Go watch it if you never had. If you love movies, if you love wrestling, this is a perfect movie. And it talks about, you know, a living legend and their fall from grace and they're trying to keep stay relevant. And this was almost as prominent to what, or prominent, as most the exact copy in a way of what it was. I mean, Ricky... Ricky the Ram or Ram, I'm forgetting exactly his name in the movie that uh, Ricky, uh, Mickey Rourke plays. Ram Jam, Ram. Well, Ram Jam was his finisher. Um, he, I think, like they end the movie with him. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, they end the movie with him, and it's like wondering is he dead or not. This fucking movie's old. You should fucking. I'm not spoiling it for you, really. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. Um, <laughs> but like. This could have fucking happened. Ric Flair could almost fucking hit a move and died. I they, at one point they were gonna try and possibly do a superplex off the top rope with this man, and instead they just did a regular suplex. I oh man, 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 Ric Flair. Ah oh, man, that was hard to watch. I don't even know what else I have to say about this besides the fact like I don't feel comfortable <laughs> after this match. I don't feel right talking about it. I don't feel right joking about it. And, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm lost for words, man. Can I fucking stutter anymore? That's how I feel, man. That was something. Ric Flair, one of the living legends. But this this was this was not good. This was, this was bad. Ric Flair should have ended it in 20, 2009 <laughs> when he went against Sean. And even he ended his match, his last technically match before this was against Sting. And people would have just continued to be like, sure, he had a TNA stint, sure, he had that thing with Hogan. But hey, Shawn Michaels and him had some of the greatest, that was one of the greatest matches ever, a lot of people would probably put. I feel like that's one of a lot of people's favorite matches of all time. And now this is how he ends it. He ends it his own way. This was a cash grab. Who knows? I mean, Ric Flair, you, you, you fucking animal, man. So, uh, eesh, I think, uh, let's, uh, let's hear, let's hear an ad. I think I'm going to make an ad for the first time in a while, and then, uh, we'll talk about Garden State Pro Wrestling. Welcome to Eden. So I know I just called it an ad a second ago, but I will let you know I am not getting paid to do what I'm doing right now. This is just something I want to promote, and that something is Garden State Pro Wrestling. They are the newest wrestling promotion in the New Jersey, New Jersey area, and what is pretty cool is they just had their first ever show, Welcome to Eden, on Saturday, July 23rd. Me and a couple of the boys went to that, and I'm going to talk about that in the next segment of the show. But I do want to tell you right now that they have another nice big show coming up. It is called Thy Kingdom Come, and that is happening Saturday, August 27th at the Monroe Sports Center in Monroe, New Jersey. Bell time is at 7 p.m., and you could get tickets at gspw-wte-tix.eventbrite.com. And you can go get tickets for the show. You can go pay for the front row and get a VIP meet and greet opportunity. There's no bad seat from what I experienced where I was at. 
We'll get into that, but they have some really cool stars attached to this show. One match that they have going on is Matt Seidel going against Titus Alexander, going against Michael Uka. Uh, I might be pronouncing that wrong. I am sorry, but they are going on in a triple threat match. Effie is a part of the show. They got uh, Latigo. I've never heard of Latigo, but he looked pretty badass. They got Latigo part of the show. They got some... They got some lucha going on, which is always a great time. They got Marcus Mathers. They have Alley Catch. Alley Catch and Effie, of course, Team Bussy. They are going against the work horsemen of JD Drake. And I'm forgetting the other man's name. This is a horrible ad spot, but I'm trying my best. And they're going against Trey Lamar and Marcus Mathers. You got so many cool stars part of this. Titus Alexander is actually doing two matches that night because they're having the Garden State Openweight Championship Tournament. It's a semifinals match. They got Titus Alexander who beat Calvin Tankman at Welcome to Eden. He was going on against the bounty hunter Brian Keefe who beat Effie. Uh, so they also have Robert uh, Martyr who beat... Davey Richards, and he's going on against Alan Angels, who Alan Angels, who is a member of the Dark Order, um, recently uh, let go from, uh, asked for his release, actually. Um, not even actually asked for his release, just didn't sign with uh, AEW, but he is on a roll doing his stuff. Alan Angels, he beat Kevin Blackwood, so they're going against each other for the semifinals match. Uh, as I mentioned before, Bussy in action. We got a really cool match that I'm very excited to see. You can watch Sunny Kiss go against Kid Bandit. That's going to be freaking cool. We got Lefisto going against Willow Nightingale. And we got Starboy Charlie going against Yuya. So many more matches on the card. They're not even done making everything. So this is pretty cool. Saturday, August 27th. Monroe, New Jersey, Monroe Sports Center. And if you can't show up in person because maybe you're not in New Jersey, maybe you can't just make it, you can always watch it. It's going to be on Fight TV, so you could go check it out. August 27th, Garden State Pro Wrestling, Thigh Kingdom come. This is not paid. I'm not getting paid for this, but hey, just go check it out. All right, that was a pretty good promo, if you say so myself. I haven't tried to do any type of ad reads or anything like that in a long time. So here we are. We're going to try and do some things, promote some things throughout the, throughout the middles of the show. I'm going to try and get creative. The more creative I get, maybe the more I'll like doing, not say like doing, more consistent I'll get. Because I love doing the podcast. I enjoy it. I enjoy it when I get on Twitch. It's just sometimes I don't have the time. I'm too busy trying to do other things. Um, and, uh, excuse me if you guys hear, like, a little weird ring in the background. There's something happening outside of my apartment, and I have no clue what the fucking deal, what the fucking deal is. Um, but anywho, um, you know, another thing, you know, talk about this. You know what I love? I love when I do a podcast, and the software doesn't like to fucking work, and that's what's happening here. So, I am, uh, redoing what I did just previously, uh, I had a... 20 minutes already recorded and it didn't save properly so we're redoing it and we're gonna do it we're gonna talk about what i really enjoyed you just talk about the overall experience and um talk about certain things and maybe some things i would change but what are we talking about i mentioned in the promo and now we're gonna get into it we're talking about garden state pro wrestling they just had their first ever show on july 23rd at newark new jersey in the heart ballroom and this was their first show. It's called Welcome to Eden. Uh, shout out to my boy Quare. He knows one of the people that helped start this uh, this new promotion. And uh, because of his excitement, we were able to go to the show. Unfortunately, Quare couldn't go. 
show. I hope everything's all right with you and your family, my boy. Um, actually, you know, he normally he would be on these episodes, but besides, you know, because I decided to get this rant about Ric Flair out of the way, I'm like, all right, let's talk about something good to end the show with. And we're going to be, I, I just want to talk about my experience going to the first ever Garden State Pro Wrestling show. I went with my, me, obviously. <laughs> um, I went with my boy, Finn, and I went with my boy, Elio. So we went to the first ever show. It was a few minutes away from actually where my friend Elio lives in Newark, so very easy to get to. Had a couple of drinks, went on away, and um, very, very small venue. I mean, this is bound to happen. When you're starting off and you're an indie promotion, you know, you get what you can find most of the time. And um, since you're going to be in, in New Jersey, there's a bunch of random places. Like I said before, they have uh, one in Monroe, New Jersey. I would love to go to it, but unfortunately I can't to the next one, but I will be catching it on Fight TV. But, um... This one here in the Heart Ballroom, small rinky-dink place. Like, uh, there's no bad seat in the place because it's a very small place. So there's really not much you can, uh, you know, get be stuck behind. You can only get a certain amount of people in there. We had front row seats. Unfortunately, we weren't really able to get those front seats because the venue um, ended up fucking them in a way i guess is a way to call it. i don't even know how to describe it um just basically from what i was told because when we got there you know mind you they tell you because our front row seats were a part of a package for vip meet and greet um we we ended up not going doing that part we were just all right we'll get there get our front row seats and enjoy the show uh talk to wrestlers or you know get photos of wrestlers whenever we can uh but unfortunately by the time we got there about you know 25 minutes before the show started um, the venue apparently didn't give them enough seats for what they had, you know, sold tickets for. And the way it was set up, you know, we weren't able to really get a seat together, all three of us. So we decided, fuck it. We'll just, uh, you know, they, they tried to really help us out. They were like, you could go to the balcony seating area if you wanted to, but we didn't really want to do that. It wasn't bad. It's just, we just didn't want to. We wanted to be close. We wanted to be next to each other. Finn is into wrestling. Elio uh, doesn't really care, but he's, he's down for a good time. So I wanted to be around them to talk about it and react. And, of course, like if you're with, going to see wrestling with your friends, you want to be with your friends. So they tried to accommodate us as much as they can. They're going to help us out. They like they already, We've already had people in contact and, you know, going to compliment us in some shape or form with what everything happened. Unfortunately, not being able to get the three front row seats with each other. But they tried their best, you know, shout out to them. Um, but fuck, for, forget that. You know, we're talking about the show. We're talking about everything. So, uh small rinky dink place you really can't get a bad seat in there even for us who like it was a misfortune that we couldn't sit in our front row seats that we wanted um we just basically sat in the corner or stood in the corner pretty much um which was fine because most people like i normally pay for general admission standing seats because standing seats standing area because like i don't mind standing for the most part and um you get closer to the action. Like, you know, when I go to my house of glory shows, I go pay for standing room only, basically 20 bucks, no taxes or anything, which is sick. And then the best part is I could just stand by the barricades where the front row people are. And sure, I'm standing, but I'm getting a great experience. So standing for this show, unfortunately, but it was fine. And um, this, is, this was such a cool card. Let me talk about the people that are on this card. Like I said, I'm not going to break down every match like I was originally doing, but I'm going to talk about what I liked about a lot of this stuff. So they opened up the show with Alan Angels, and he went against Kevin Blackwood. So this is for the Garden State Openweight Championship Tournament. So they have the Openweight belt for them. I'm pretty sure what that means. Um, 
I don't know if that's their like their world title or their main title, but that's the title that they have. And they're doing a little bit of a tournament going on. So the first round matchup, Alan Angels, who you might know from the Dark Order, um, and then Kevin Blackwood, who's been all over the place. I know he's like somewhat affiliated with uh, Tiger Driver. Shout out Chris and shout out Tiger Driver Nine X. Fucking love them, man. Uh, fuck the internet wrestling community. That's all I got to say on that. Um, so, anywho, Alan Angels, who didn't sign back with AEW, basically, you know, I, I understand why he wouldn't. I don't know what the real reason is, but from what I collect, you know, he uh, was a part of the Dark Order. Dark Order isn't as featured as it could be. And for someone like Alan Angels, who, you know, if you don't get to see the Dark Order on TV enough, and they're pretty much like left for dark and dark elevation i for one didn't know how great alan angels can be in the ring and this match was my introduction to alan angels for real like an actual like you know he's had some stuff on AEW, but it's really hard for me to think about it like i can't pinpoint stuff i'm like that's a great alan angels matchup not because he doesn't have any it's because i just like he's not he wasn't a featured player unfortunately and Alan Angel should have been, and this is a great opportunity for him now to, you know, he didn't re-sign with AEW, but now he's, like, having matches on Impact. He, like, he just had one against Mike Bailey that I heard was really good. And this match right here, I enjoyed the hell out of it. You can actually go watch it for free on YouTube. Um, this is on the Garden State Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. They opened this one up for free, so you can go check that out. And him and Kevin Blackwood, bro, they were fucking throwing it at each other, fucking kicking each other, the chops... One of my favorite things about live pro wrestling, it's a fucking different beast. I mean, all when you go to see any sport live, it's always a fucking good time. But when you go see pro wrestling live, and I know there's so many people, and I've actually introduced so many of my friends to actually coming to live wrestling shows with me, and they appreciate it a lot more, because obviously, you know, is wrestling fake? Uh, does that hurt? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's my impression of Elio at this point. <laughs> um... You know, you get a newfound appreciation when you go see this shit live. And, like, Kevin Blackwood versus Alan Angels is a key reason why you should see wrestling live. Because they were throwing it down, hurting each other, putting it through a ringer. You know, it was a really good wrestling match. And you could go check out the highlights on our Instagram, at project underscore kayfabe. You could also go see the whole fu- fucking entire match on YouTube. So go do that. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Two wrestlers I've never seen live before. Alan Angels, like I said, AEW guy. Um, now doing his own thing in different promotions and getting out there. Kevin Blackwood, I've seen a couple times on GCW uh, shows, but now he's out here. just all He's everywhere. It's a great talent. So really enjoyed that. Um, they had another match. This was the first tag team matchup of the show. And you had Balin Aki. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. He's from Choco Pro. Um, I'm familiar a little bit with Choco Pro just because of Deadlock, you know, shout out to them, Deadlock Podcast, James, aka CM Pulse, you know, Deadlock Pro Wrestling. Uh, the reason why I'm familiar with that is just because they featured it so much, specifically CM Pulse, James. And um, I've, uh, to best describe it, from what I've seen, I haven't watched a whole lot, but I appreciate it, is uh, they kind of like wrestle and, oh, I just dropped my chain. Hey, they kind of wrestle like what's in like, it looks like a classroom in a way. And it's a very small set, small room. I don't know even what it is, but they have, like, full-on wrestling matches there. Like, people like fucking Lulu Pencil, if anyone knows who that is. Or just, you know, they just have some cool shit. So, uh, Chris Brooks is a part of it a couple times I've seen. So, just to name a few people that, you know, if you're a fan fan of wrestling, you might know. Especially on the, you know, that side of things. But uh, he uh, tag-teamed with Heather Monroe. Never heard of Heather Monroe, but I thought she was really good in the ring. Beautiful woman. 
killed it. I love them too, and her entrance was dope. And they took on uh, Dark Sheik and Jay Vidal. Um, and Dark Sheik, I really enjoyed seeing plenty of them on GCW. Jay Vidal, never seen them before, but they were really good. Um, originally, Edith Surreal was supposed to be the tag team partner for Heather Monroe. And I'm just naming names that if you know who these people are, you understand. Uh, I think Edith Surreal, unfortunately, couldn't make it for whatever reason. But this was a really good tag team match. And this is like... Uh, kind of a thing about independent wrestling. You know, obviously you got your big names out there. Like other people on this card that people would know of is like Ty Valkyrie, Effie, uh, Davey fucking Richards, uh, Josh Alexander, some big names in wrestling right now that aren't attached to WWE. But then when you go to wrestling shows, um, in the indep- like indie wrestling shows, and there's names you don't know of, you actually get like introduced to really good wrestlers like Heather Monroe. Never heard of her. I enjoyed her time there. That match was really good. The, she was just like, I enjoyed how no one like was cheering for her at first, and she was getting upset and liking. Like I liked that. I like that. That was cool. Um, the guy from Choco Pro, not too familiar with, like I said, Aki, but it was really cool to see. This, he, he performed really well, so I enjoyed that. I mean, this was just a really good opportunity to get exposure to wrestlers you're not too familiar with, and then you're like, whoa. Look at that. This wrestler is really good, and hopefully one day you'll see them continue to grow in their career, and you'll be like, I went to the first ever Garden State Pro Wrestling show, and that is where you got introduced to them. And um, so this Garden State Pro Wrestling show, it it is really nice. Um, Like I said, small rinky-dink place, no bad seat in there because it was a small place. Um, What's funny is, you know, unfortunately standing the entire time, um, it gets fucking hot. It's they don't have ACs in that building, but they do have fans. And uh, I'm dying. I'm tired. I'm like, yeah, I gotta go to the fucking bathroom. And I actually went to the bathroom right uh, before the six man tag match that happened between Young Dumb and Broke versus Team H2O. And uh, I'm going up the stairs, and I'm like, because I was told it's on the second floor of this small little place. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go, and then. I was, they were also told us, like, hey, by the way, you go up there in that balcony seating area or towards the bathroom, that's where it's all located. The wrestlers are out there. They're just getting ready for their matches, so don't bother them. Don't do anything. They're just, this is where they're at. And this is the, this is something that does happen when you have these certain areas of, like, um, when you have these random-ass venues. When they don't have, like, rooms that you could qualify as dressing rooms or locker rooms for the wrestlers. They make do with what they have. So the hallway and, like, the one or two small-ass rooms that they had, they made it work. But I go up the stairs. I'm like, whoa. You can see, like, uh, Trisha Dore was out there. Taya Valkyrie was getting dressed. Like, and All right. That, that sounded weird. Getting ready. Like, putting on, like, her, like, this big piece she had for her outfit. She was, okay. We <laughs> re-roared that. Um, and I go up the stairs, and the first recognizable wrestler that I see sitting by the stairs... Hitting their vape is fucking Effie. I fucking love Effie. Everybody loves Effie. And, uh, I mean, you know, you don't want to be a mark. You don't want to be, like, that weirdo. You don't want to bother them. But I I just had, as I'm going up the stairs, I'm like, yo, Effie, what's up? It's like, hey. So, like, of course, I got it. I love Effie. Got to. Um, (laughs) What's funny is, like, I don't know where the bathroom is. They just said it was upstairs. I'm looking, and I'm, like, kind of, like, 
starstruck that there's so many wrestlers out there. And then I'm like, uh, and then Effie's like, oh, it's down to the left. So <laughs> I went there, tried not to bother anyone, came back. But that was just funny. And when Effie does wrestle against Brian Keefe in the qualifying uh, match for the tournament, I was like, yo, Effie's the guy that told me where the bathroom's at. Like in my video that you can see at Project underscore Kayfabe on our Instagram, the highlights. So that was just funny. Another thing, it's like, it's so funny because I don't want to be a fucking mark. I don't want to be a dweeb. I don't want to be a fucking nerd when I get to see wrestlers. But you would think for a guy that loves wrestling that it's part of who, like what he talks about. He's a fucking fan. He's a fucking weirdo for liking wrestling. That's who I am. Um, you would think I'd be like jumping for joy when I get the opportunity to meet these people and stuff. But like I said, I don't want to be a weirdo. I don't want to be a mark. I know they have so many interactions of like hang being places and the fans are fucking awful i mean as a part of this fucking internet wrestling community because i'm involved on the twitter i'm involved on the social media these people suck man and you know especially in in-person interactions you got people that just fucking ruin it for the normal fans out here and um so they do like a meet and greet during like the midway point of the show during the intermission so the wrestlers come stand by the ring they got their like Eight by tens. You could get a photo with them if you want. Shake a hand or something. And for someone who loves wrestling as much as I do, I should be like jumping for these moments because this is awesome. But for me, I just I I, st- I stood there. Me, Finn, and Elio just stood there because I didn't want to bother anyone. I didn't want to get in the way. I didn't want to, you know, just do something or look like a fucking bitch. <laughs> like you know, I I I don't know if I mentioned this before on the pod, but I got the chance to hang out with Alley Catch team, uh, teaming who, who teams with. Effie, you know, bussy right there. I got to hang out with her in real life with a group of people after this show. Uh, shout out to my boy Chris again. Um, and I just didn't want to be too much of a mark. I didn't want to be a nerd. It's just so cool to meet someone that you watch, you know, wrestle and you're a fan of. And, you know, obviously I didn't want to bother. Maybe I talked a little too much and stuff like that. But I didn't want to, like, you know, embarrass myself or over you know, overwhelm them and stuff like that. So, like, interactions like that, I just don't try as much because, like, I don't want to be a bother. But I, like, for example, when they do a meet and greet, I should. You know, you have people like Josh Alexander out there. You could take a photo with the Impact World title, which was cool. You could uh, go, like, fucking meet Takeshita. Like, this was so cool. And that's one of the things I love about independent wrestling, and it was so cool that Garden State Pro Wrestling allowed you to do that. I know they had the VIP meet and greet opportunity if you bought the front row ticket that I got. Which I didn't. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that entailed, really. To be honest, that is one thing. If they could do for the next time around, is actually explain what do VIP meet and greets mean? Because what is the difference between me paying for front row and a VIP meet and greet combo? If the wrestlers during intermission at the end of the show will let you like go take a photo and talk to them and stuff like that, I would love if they could like explain that next time. Um, but yeah, opportunities to do meet and greet didn't really do it. Um, I don't know where this came from, but it is cool, especially in independent wrestling. I love that, you know, Garden State Pro Wrestling encouraged it to go meet the wrestlers, buy their merch, talk to them. Fucking dope as shit. Um, so, yeah, that was just a little another random snippet from all of that. Uh, but so there was so much good wrestling on the card. Just to name a few people, like Calvin Tankman was a part of the card, and I'm so familiar with Tankman from GCW. He's also a part of Tiger Driver 9X. So it was cool to fucking see him throw fucking elbows and, like, fuck up this guy that I've never heard of for, but I've seen, like, pictures of on Twitter. It's Titus Alexander. Titus Alexander fucking got the W by holding the tights. 
But uh, it was so sick to actually be a part of, like, you know, seeing Calvin Tankman live. I've seen him. Um, this is only my second time, I think, seeing him live, and it's just a fucking spectacle. He's the, uh, I'm pretty sure he's, what, the G, the, no, the DPW National Champion, I think. Um, so Deadlock, you know, it's also just so cool to see wrestlers that you enjoy. I'm a big fan of Tankman, so he was there. Uh, Taya Valkyrie, she is the AAA uh, champion right now in the women's division, so she took on Trisha Dore. I wasn't too familiar with Trisha Dore, but I do know who she was, and seeing her for the first time was so cool. Actually, no, this is my second time, because when I went to AEW in Long Island in April, uh, April, right? Yeah, she took on Mercedes Martinez for ROH Women's title. Um, so being able to actually watch this match up close and like Ty Valkyrie is so good. Second time I've seen Ty Valkyrie alive and Ty Valkyrie was killing it. You know, they both were really doing well, just slapping each other across the ring, taking them out outside and just beating each other up next to the fans. That was so cool. So it's really nice just to, you know, to go to an independent show and also like look at the people that Garden State Pro Wrestling is getting. Like, just on this show alone, they had so many names that I was so excited to fucking see. And, like, for example, on the next show that they have, Die Kingdom Come, I mentioned it in the promo. Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, is on the damn card. You got Willow Nightingale. You got Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake from The Work Horseman. You got Sonny Kiss and Kid Bandit. I've been dying to see Kid Bandit live, so I'm so jealous that Kid Bandit is going to be able to be live in New Jersey, and I won't be able to be there. Um, you got Yo-Ya, uh, who else? Um, it's so fucking cool. I think, is she going to be a part of this? Jungle Kiona, who's, you know, big Joshi wrestler. I only know who this is because of, uh, you know, CM Pulse, but Jungle Kiona is going to be a part of their show at Dynasty Clash. That's their next one, actually. Uh, the second, uh, February 16th. That's, uh, their third show that they're going to have. All right, there you go. So Jungle Kiona, Ali Catch will be at Die Kingdom Come. They had Josh Alexander and Takeshita go against the main event of the show I went to at at Die Kingdom Come. So what I'm trying to get at without just sounding like a little Mark-ass bitch is uh, I really appreciate when indie shows have great names attached to it. Like, you know, there are other indie promotions, like, all over the place. And, like, sometimes, like, like I said, you get introduced to people, you're not too sure who they are, and then eventually you really enjoy them. But I do love the the go to a show and it has a combination of two things, like of the two of the two your popular names, whether it's in the indie world or like the former WWE or AEW guys or whatnot, all doing their stuff in the indies, and then you get introduced to new players. And I feel like I I'm happy that Garden State Pro Wrestling is you know shelling out the big bucks for some of these names because. You know, for someone like me that likes to introduce some of my friends who, like, you know, will go to a wrestling show for the entertainment of it and just, you know, because I'm a big fan, so they'll give it a try. Um, It helps when there's big names that maybe they might be a little acquainted with or, you know, it just helps when there's, like, you know, just people that they get, you know, a taste of and they're like, whoa, that was sick, like, I'm a fan. So, like, for example... You know, taking my boy Finn out to some of these shows, like, I think this, what, the third time he's got to see Effie, and I think he, like, we all like Effie, everyone loves Effie, so that was cool. Uh, Effie did, unfortunately, lose against uh, Brian Keefe, the bounty hunter, and that was cool to be introduced to Brian Keefe, because I've heard of Brian Keefe before, I like the look, never seen him wrestle before, but that was dope, him going against Effie, really good stuff. I'm trying, I think the biggest highlight, there was two big highlights for me, and probably... 
I mean, there, actually, there was three, because now I didn't even get to talk about it. We had Miyu Yamashita, who just won against Thunder Rosa on AEW Fight for the Fallen last Wednesday, challenging Thunder Rosa because she beat Thunder Rosa at Tokyo Joshi, if, or Tokyo Princess. I'm not too familiar. I'm sorry. Um, but the fact that we got, like, this amazing Japanese female wrestler to calm down, and she was in a triple threat match against Billy Stars, who's, like, really getting popular around Billy Starks, excuse me, Billy Starks and uh, Janae Kai, like the kick demon, they had a really good triple threat match that was like right before the main, the main event. So that was sick as hell to see that. Um, just being able, like they have literally, like like I just mentioned before, Jungle Kiona, they got Mia, uh, Miyu Yamashita, they got, uh, ta- uh, ta- uh, why I'm stuttering, uh, Takeshita. They got these Japanese stars here just wrestling in Newark, New Jersey, in New Jersey. Mind you, I, I like Garden State Pro Wrestling, but fuck New Jersey. You just pointing that out there. But uh, um, it's fucking cool to see, like, uh, you know, it's just so cool to go to, like, a, a this new independent promotion and get introduced to big fucking names from other countries, man. That was awesome. Um, so highlights, like that match, that triple threat women's match. Billy Stars, Billy Stars, Billy Starks. This is like my second time seeing her perform. She's fucking cool, man, for being such a young wrestler. I think what she's still like in her teens. Like that's awesome. She's like the Nick Wayne, for example, of like female wrestling being such a young star, but taking it so well and doing so well with it. Um, being able to then see fucking Davy Richards go against this guy Robert. Um, uh, Robert Mor- uh, Martyr? Yeah, there you go. Robert Martyr. Um, not too familiar, Robert Martyr. Not familiar at all is the best way to describe it. But boy, that match, like, between that and the Josh Alexander to catch the match, that's like, that might be match of the night right there. Josh, uh, I mean, uh, Davy Richards going against Robert Mor- uh, Martyr. Because Davy Richards, I fucking love Davy Richards. I was such a big fan of the American Wolves when I finally got introduced to them when I started, like, you know, branching out of just watching WWE when I was younger. And I love Davy Richards and Edwards. It was always weird to me when Eddie Edwards now has the style and look that he has now because I, I like the clean cut Eddie from the American Wolves. But Davy Richards was so fucking cool to see live for the first time. It's also funny that Davy Richards was late, or at least, like, you know. Late in the terms of he kind of showed up, what, second match um, is when I saw him walk to the back to go to the quote-unquote dressing rooms. And then once his match was done, he got all cleaned up and everything, and then he dipped. Um, that was just funny. But uh, one of my favorite things about this show um, was a very small thing that not too many people would get to experience just because of where I was at. So like I said before, we were standing, um, so that was unfortunate, but I didn't mind it after a while. It was fine. Um Robert Mortar, Davey Richards put on a fucking clinic, and I think there's a respect just because, like, I don't know if, if the guys in the back probably didn't know, like, how good this match was going to be, but they know, you know, no disrespect to Robert Mortar, I'm not too familiar with his work, but everyone knows Davey Richards, like, I feel like out of all the stars in the indies and professional wrestling in general, Davey Richards has been consistently good his entire career. I could be wrong, but from what I've experienced, from what I've seen, he's been consistently good. It was also funny that like he stopped wrestling for a couple of years just to what like become a doctor or a dentist or something like that, and now he's still like doing all that, but still a wrestler. Um, he's a wrestler again. It's really cool to see that um, you know people like Calvin Tankman, 
Kevin Blackwood, Alan Angels, um, some of the young wrestling talent that was there to also like help with the show, whether it's build the ring or just be helpful there. Um, who else? I'm, I'm trying to like Titus Alexander. They were all like standing where I was standing and just watching the match. And I think what was nice about that is like. You get to see a wrestler like Davey Richards, you're going to pay attention and be like, okay, look at how he put on this hold. Look at how he, like, he works the arm or this and that. Like, I think they were, like, studying this match maybe just because, like, maybe to support uh, their boy Robert Mortar. But also, if you get the opportunity to watch someone like Davey Richards wrestle, like, they were, I think they were all, like, taking some notes, which was fucking cool. Actually, <coughs> excuse me. The one who was like a fucking, I don't even know what to describe it, a student of the game or guy who was there the entire time just watching everything, Takeshita. You know, everyone, if, if, if I keep saying Takeshita, Takeshita, if you, if you follow anything that is in WWE, Kanotsuko Takeshita, I'm probably butchering the first part, but Takeshita, big fucking star in AEW now, or at least like he's not, he's becoming a fan favorite doing this time in America right now. And just putting on bangers against his first matchup that was on television for AEW was against Hangman Adam Page. And that blew my mind. He just went against John Moxley the other week. And that was dope. Like, he is putting on bangers with AEW. And Takeshita was out there. And he had his match against Joss Alexander, which was a, a beautiful match to fucking see. But um, he watched every wrestling match. Like, I mean, he was there... Every time when they were even throwing streamers because you were able to get streamers for a dollar and throw them in the ring or bring your own. Like I saw Takesh to help clean up streamers like what a man. That was so fucking funny to see that and just see him like fucking just enjoy pro wrestling. So um, yeah, back to where I was getting at like the so many wrestlers were out there just to watch this Davy Richards match and they stayed for, you know, the triple threat women's match and the main event. But it was so cool, and I just get to, like, you know, I, I like I said, I don't want to be a nerd. I don't want to be a bitch. I don't, I don't even know what to describe. I just don't want to bother these wrestlers. But being able to, like, have a few side chuckles with Alan Angels and stuff whenever they'd say something funny or, like, seeing them pop for certain things is so cool. And that was such a ex- good experience by Garden State Pro Wrestling. They didn't even know that they were, like, doing that because the wrestlers just chose to do this. But I love it that the wrestlers were comfortable enough to just go out there and hang out and watch the show and, like, like just interact with the fans. Like, that was so nice. <laughs> so, Davy Richards, Robert Mortar. Uh, that match is not available for free, but that should be because everyone should fucking watch that match. And Robert Mortar taking home the W was sick. I didn't think, like, you know, you see David Richards, do you think he's going to win? He lost in what was a major upset, and it was so fucking cool to just see him out there. Main event was Josh Alexander versus Konosko Takeshita. And not only is Takeshita fucking massive, dude's tall as hell, but boy, those guys fucking ate it up. That match, like, at least, because it's available for free on YouTube as well. You can see any highlights, as I mentioned before, yada yada. Instagram at project underscore kayfabe, but you can watch the whole match for free on YouTube on the Garden State Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. They have three matches for free, like I mentioned before, Kevin Blackwood versus Allen Angels. Then they put the tag team match of Aki Heather, and Heather Monroe against Dark Sheik and Jay Vidal. That's also for free. And they got Takeshita Alexander main event. Yo. Wrestling is so cool loud, alive because it's so loud. You don't realize how, like, on TV, you hear it and you're like, whoa, that connected. 
But when you get there live, dude, like, chops, you never understand how bad a chop is until you're there. Like, one point, Takeshita hit Josh Alexander so hard, it sounded like a fucking gunshot. I kid you not, man. Like, it was loud. The acoustics in that building was great. You know, the fans were fucking into it. I thought Takeshita was almost about to fucking win, but this match ended up going to a draw. This match went to a draw. Takeshita basically tapped out as the time was going on. Out like, you know, it eventually as the time ran out because there was a lot of these matches were actually timed. Um, so this one actually went to a draw. But, man, I this is my first time seeing Takeshita live. I need to see Takeshita live again. That was amazing. Shout out to Josh Alexander as well. I've never been able to see him live. He was part of the North with Ethan Page, who's also one of my favorite guys out there right now. But to see this match, oh yeah, like, bro, fucking watch it on YouTube. I'll put it in the thumbnail. I mean, the description for this episode. Go watch that match. It was fucking sick. And Garden State Pro Wrestling first show knocked it out the fucking park. I I think I tweeted it. I put it out. For their first ever show, they fucking delivered. I am very excited to see what else they got going on in store for the future. But please go check out Garden State Pro Wrestling. Like I said, I'm not getting paid for this. You know, it's bad. And like like I said, I had some critiques. Like, you know, I got... We got screwed. We didn't get our front row seats. And it's like, you know, unfortunate. Like, they got screwed by the venue. And eventually someone was going to end up taking the short end of the stick. And we ended up doing that. But, um... You know, they're going to help us out. They're going to, like, you know, compliment us in another way. So very thankful for that. Shout out to the guys there. Shout out to my boy Quade. Shout out to my boy Finn and uh, Elio for just coming with me. Because uh, I've <laughs> last GCW show I went to was, um, you know, obviously talking about a different promotion now, but Game Changer Wrestling. I went to the last one they just had in Queens on my own because it was last minute. A lot of my friends were busy. Quade, unfortunately, couldn't go. And I went... I went there and it was a fun time, but wrestling live without people is weird. <laughs> like, without a friend going with you. So, very grateful that my friends were able to go to Garden State Pro Wrestling with me. And I want to go to another one, man. Like, I can't go to Die Kingdom Come, unfortunately, because I'll be busy and I think it's hard for me to get from my part of the Bronx to Monroe, New Jersey. But I will be watching on Fight TV. Like I said, Thy Kingdom Come is their next show. That is Saturday, August 27th at Monroe, New Jersey in the Monroe Sports Center. They're going to have Aki. He's coming back, and he's putting on the Super Asia Championship. I, I don't know. Is that a Choco Pro title? I don't know. But he's putting that title on the line against Tony Deppin, who's one of my favorite wrestlers out there in the indie scene right now. In the semifinals matchup, we got Titus Alexander going against the bounty hunter Brian Keefe. Then we got... Robert Mortar going against Allen Angels in another semifinals matchup. Then we got the six-way, um, actually not six-way, it's triple tag match. I, I'm butchering the name of it, but it's Dre Lamar and Marcus Mathers going against Bussy and the Workhorsemen. So that's awesome. As I was hyped out, hyped about it before, Sunny Kiss goes against Kid Bandit. We got Lefisto, you know, Hall of Famer, Indie Hall of Famer going against Willie, Willow Nightingale. We got Starboy Charlie versus Yoya. We got Black Generation versus Latigo and Araz. Araz, Araz. It's lucha shit. So fucking lucha shit going on. And then what might be the main event of the show? We got Matt Seidel going against Titus Alexander, doing double duty, working the working uh, semifinal matchup, and then working the possibly what might be the main event. 
and they're taking on, and it's a triple threat, so it's them against also Michael Oak Oku. I'm not too familiar with this man, but I mean, you got Mike, you got Mad Side Elf, got introduced to, you know, Titus Alexander, and what looks like this guy has a he has a Rev Pro title. What looks like I think that says the Cruiserweight Rev Pro title, so Rev Pro. Uh, UK promotion so very interesting to see these wrestlers out here and they're going to be going on against each other so that's August 27th like I said you go watch down fight TV you could go watch it wherever you want well you can only watch that on fight TV <laughs> but uh, they'll probably have some free matches eventually on YouTube but definitely go give them a try go check out this promotion it is new it is getting hot already and I'm very excited that I got to be a part of the first show looking forward to my next one and uh, excuse me while I cough, but that is the end of our show. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry for the inconsistent while my chair squeaks, but uh, sorry for being so inconsistent. Looking to change that up a bunch, uh, a bitch, a bunch. I'm going to change it. Uh, I don't know. I'll fucking do something. Um, so, yeah, dude, this show, this episode is dropping out on this Monday. So if you're listening, it's August 1st already. Uh, if not, um... If you're hearing this afterwards, more than likely we'll also have a second episode of the week. I'm editing the boys' episode this day, today, tomorrow. It's going to be dropping on Wednesday where Finn and I review the entire season three of the boys. And the more episodes come, hopefully going to try and be more serious about all this. But I say that all the time. Let's see if I put my money where my mouth is. Until then, it was Joe Cologne here. You can check me out on Twitter at JoeBro316. You can check our Instagram for the podcast. You can check us out on Twitter. You can check us out on TikTok. That's at Project underscore Kayfabe. Uh, sometimes I do Twitch when I have the time. That's twitch.tv slash JoeBro underscore 316. And thanks again for the support. Thanks again for all the fans uh, who actually still stick with us, even though we're not consistent. But that's all my fault. Either which way. Thank you. And deuces. <laughs>